0: Pod Save
1: the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. We have a bumper edition today because there is lots to talk about. We have a royal engagement. Woo! Congratulations, Princess (laughs) Beatrice. Lots to talk about there. We've got the the second half of the uh, royal tour in um, Africa. So we caught up with uh, Russell Myers uh, via... uh, some form of internet communication yesterday. <laughs> so we'll hear from him a little bit later in the show. Um, but with me in the studio, I have got our star director, Amber Grafland. Hello. Who is very, very happy to hear that you all thought that she looked hot rather than like a plumber in her um, denim jumpsuit, which we posted on our Instagram last week. It would be seriously dented if anyone had to <laughs> look like a plumber. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. no. So it, it was, well, I, th- I don't think it was ever in doubt, to be fair. No. Oh, thank um, you. And also also with us is Zoe Forsey, who has been writing uh, furiously in a fast way as opposed to in an angry yes. way <laughs> about the Royal Tour over the last over the last week. Yes, very
0: yeah, very busy.
1: Busy and, and William and Kate have been out and about as well. Yeah,
0: so, lots going on.
1: Lots going on, so we'll be talking about them a bit later in the show as well. Um one thing we won't be talking about this week is Megan's fashion in on her on her royal tour because we are recording a special all about that. Um you know a bit later on for you to listen to next week um with our good friends uh megan and zoe who you have heard on um previous fashion specials so we're really looking forward to talking about that in the next episode because it's been a very different wardrobe for megan's tour anyway spoilers um so where to start oh start with the happy news happy news that princess beatrice is engaged yes oh it was
0: really lovely it was really exciting news when it broke um it was very busy, it was to be honest I was, I'd was. i given myself a slightly quieter day at the tour I'd passed a few of the bits off to other members of the team and then was preparing stuff for the landmine stuff the next day in Angolia and then all of a sudden Beatrice had different ideas for my nice organised day and <laughs> 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 She saw a window, cigarette <laughs> yeah. But it was really lovely news, really exciting some lovely quotes and comments from different members of the family and obviously all those gorgeous pictures you have Pictures taken by Princess Eugenie? Yes, well there were two sets the kind of colorful ones uh, were taken by her sister um which were lovely really cute snaps but there were also some more professional black and white pictures Um, so moody nice shots arty yeah, shots yeah but they were really cute actually <laughs> there was one where like um Beatrice had her tongue stuck out and they were still quite playful they yeah mm. they were all quite yeah, playful the, which the was the lovely goofing around a yeah. little bit yeah yeah <laughs> so it's word.
1: cute and I mean you know I, I love Sarah Ferguson on Instagram she oh, gosh, yeah. puts it all out there and you know I know what a mother feels I mean what a way to start writing about the uh, your, your <laughs> daughter getting engaged so i have tears of joy yep. i'm so proud of this <laughs> sensational news andrew and i are just the luckiest people ever to have two great sons-in-law oh it was,
0: it was very cute she also mentioned the fact that um usually said ted taking the photos as well said that she had decided to take the photos because um her girls are so close which was lovely it was a really sweet family Moment, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, the excitement is clear. You know, Princess you know, Bibi, Wow! I'm <laughs> so happy for you, my dearest big sissy and dear Ado. It's been a long time coming, and you two are meant to be. So that is interesting because it sort of has been a long time coming because they've been fa- family friends and known each other for years.
0: Yeah, so they've known each other. I think since they were um well in the statement that his parents put out, he actually they said that they've basically the families have known Beatrice her entire life. So the families are really close, and um, but they only kind of got together romantically, should we say, kind of at the end of last year, kind of around obviously her sister's wedding. So they're Well later even than that,
1: probably, because you know, he he wasn't there as Beatrice's date, certainly. Beatrice went she was she was solo as as, you know, was commented on in various places because she she'd had a, a long-standing previous relationship but they'd decided it wasn't to be and and split up and you know it's uh, that thing where she was she's the older sister and little sister's getting married first um but you know it's kind of been a bit bit of a whirlwind now yeah. these two have got together but you know even even quicker from from dating to engagement probably than uh, from than harry and megan yeah
0: definitely and yes they got engaged in italy just very lovely. Very
1: uh, when they were over there, presumably for Michinano's wedding. Yes,
0: yeah, so they were
1: because o- that was that was in Italy, and it was it was all around the same time. So they were on a holiday in Italy. So that is my suspicion. Yes, yeah, so there were photos of them when they were on that trip, um,
0: which kind of showed them going out for lunch to a very lovely um, kind of beach resort. So obviously, we don't know if that was before or after, but they certainly what's looked very happy. Gone, what's
2: your hunch? Because you're always good on these. What's, What's your hunch? What, what point on that holiday did he propose? Was it at the beach club? Was it at the reception? Oh no, the,
1: the, there are details of the hotel that have, has done it, but I can't remember what they are. They've sort of posted a picture of the um, the terrace where well, I think it was like you know classic mm-hmm. sunset proposal, very lovely and romantic. Um, and he followed a bit of what seems to be coming a, a bit of a royal tradition, if it wasn't already, of um, of helping design the ring.
0: Yes, the ring is beautiful i was saying I think it's my favorite of the of the royal ones coming in, which I know is a statement because there are some pretty. So why do you like? Uh, di- I like it because of the simplicity. Actually, it's kind of it's it's,
2: it's all in that stone, and it's about the setting, mm-hmm. and I
1: like the fact that it's quite simple. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got a lot of diamonds in it. You've got one massive diamond at the top. That's and a an normal amount of diamonds. And then <laughs> you've got, then you, I mean, it's, it's so it, um, Sean Lean the Jeweler describes it as a fusion of Victorian and Art Deco designs. And I mean, I agree, it is absolutely beautiful. But, you know, so there is the massive centrepiece stone and then um, some quite interestingly shaped stones um, coming immediately down it, which I think gives it that sort of Art Deco feel. And then it looks like it's diamonds all the way around, to be quite frank. So, I mean, goodness knows how much how much <laughs> lolly that costs but um it is it is a very very beautiful thing i mean you know you're you're a fan of sean lean i mean i i've never fan. heard Meghan of him. is actually a big fan of sean lean as well
2: she has a few of his pieces so
0: yeah no i was from having obviously written lots of stories about it last week the kind of terrifying algorithms on Facebook and Instagram now keep recommending me to his site to (laughs) every
2: picture every time I go on Instagram you have a lunchtime I've got like yeah and I'm like oh that's pretty no slightly out of my (laughs) price range he (laughs) does do more contemporary pieces that aren't kind of you know diamond Mm. encrusted you know tens of thousands of pounds as well though he's the very very amazing jewellery designer and he does do much more contemporary and also he does these obviously fantastic classic pieces as well
1: okay So, I mean, we don't know exactly how much input Eduardo had and whether it was how much Sean Lean had, but obviously it's they, but the two of them together have come up with something very beautiful. And, um, there was something that was in the, um, the comment on Instagram that, um, the jeweler put when posting uh, the pictures of the ring from various different angles, which if you haven't seen already, you should actually check out because you can see quite how, how massive and beautiful it is, um says that a uh, fusion of Victorian and art deco zi- designs and is accompanied by two additional matching bands in the distinctive Sharlene aesthetic. So I'm, does that mean that they've got their wedding rings sorted already? Ah, quite possibly. Yeah,
0: but then that's because obviously most of the royal family, the women wear the Welsh gold rings. So it'd be quite interesting if they have. But if
1: you've got a platinum engagement ring, yeah, you're going to want true. a platinum wedding ring as well probably to match it. And also, you know, that, that central diamond is so big you may need to make some allowance yeah that's very true in the, true. Way, in the wedding room so that you're not you're not they're not rubbing up against each other but um no details so far about the wedding so far as I'm aware obviously you know all the chat which which, which fabulous um royal church or chapel it might be in they going to be back in St George's Chapel in Windsor again I mean I think we've had a couple there three or four there it feels like recently it would be nice to go nice to go somewhere else we could all go to an Italian beach and just wave at them that would be quite nice and keep that might keep the security costs down so I mean when I was posting hooray happy news because it was a bit of a miserable day news-wise otherwise you know all of this politics nonsense that we're not going to talk about this week um and I was like hooray happy news you know bitches is engaged and then an instant reply from someone yeah but blah 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 grumpy bill blah (laughs) I was just like oh and why do you care about these people that you don't even know it's like well, mm, it's nice when people fall in love and want to take that adventure and put their faith exactly. in each other. Yeah,
2: let's look on the brighter side of life. Exactly, exactly. You
1: so you know, I mean, I know we did we did talk about the security costs for Eugenie's wedding. They were large. There's that's not to be argued with, and I'm sure it will it will come back around again. But at the moment, it's just nice when people find a nice person that they want to spend their life with. So. Well done, the two of them, and good luck to (laughs) them. Very lovely. Yeah, I really liked... um, Did you see the
0: comment that he put on Instagram? I think that was really sweet as well. Obviously, the news was kind of officially announced and then lots of the royals took to social media. But he wrote... which I thought was very sweet. You'll never be alone, my love. My heart is your home, hand in hand, today, tomorrow, forever.
2: Oh, oh yeah. come on, Anne. You're, you're giving an <laughs> over <laughs>
1: romance. That's pretty amazing. That was that that's pretty cute. <laughs> yes. I mean, could we have can we have royals writing their own vows? That would be nice. Oh, that yeah. would be fun. Um what did you make of the outfits, Amber? I mean we we have talked about um usually Beatrice's fashion choices in the past, but they are well on the up. Like I think they've They've hit their stride these they days. They really have hit their stride. And I really, really love these photos. And I particularly
2: like the photos taken by her sister, actually, because they're in colour. And usually, I love a black and white photo because I think they always look incredibly stylish. And I'm not knocking, not taking anything away from the others. They are beautiful. But I, I love the colour. She's chosen that beautiful floral Zimmerman dress. And I think you you need to see the colours of that, the beautiful greens and the pinks going through it. So really, it, she just looks so happy. And the colours work. And that's a brilliant piece of photography by sister.
1: Yeah, Kate's mm. got a rival in the photography stage. Yeah, <laughs> I think she has. <laughs> mm. And, um, I mean, my prediction in terms of wedding dresses, the one designer it won't be is Zimmerman, which who was the designer that she picked for the two engagement. They tend not to do that. I
2: love the fact that she has two dresses though. So obviously for the colour, she's gone for the floral and it just really lifts the photos and I think she looks beautiful. For the black and white pictures, it's another Zimmerman dress, but it's actually a plum wrap dress that's belted and you can't actually see all the detail in the crop, but it's very beautiful. has an asymmetric hemline, beautiful, really thick, heavy, Mm -hmm. sumptuous satin fabric. But There are some full lengths of it though and I love the fact that they're wearing quite flat, sensible shoes.
0: Yeah. So he's wearing
2: trainers. and she's got all it's like a loafer so they've kind of gone quite cool and
1: contemporary for their engagement pictures I kind of like the
0: the twist yeah no it's definitely very it feels very modern doesn't it does feel really modern
1: yeah so my question is is this going to be the royal wedding where Erdem finally gets his bride do you know she would look fabulous come on I love her in that
2: floral Zimmerman she Mm -hmm. would look amazing Erdem's it's very feminine it's I think it's everything that kind of her style has kind of settled on recently. So I think it would be a great choice.
1: Any other any other people that you think she should go looking well, at? Well, it's,
2: it's the, that kind of, you, you, you're you going to want to go for a British designer, right? Because that does make people happy and sometimes the royals do feel that responsibility to champion homegrown talent. But of course, a lot of them have been taken. Giles Deacon's off the list. Um, so yeah, who would you go for? I mean, it would be nice to see her maybe a bit of Vivian Westwood. I mean, who knows? Oh, that was. We've
0: Never had a Vivian Westwood royal have, dress, yeah, have we? I thought that um usually you might pick her. She, my money—that was yeah, my, we, my bet. Yeah, on yeah. yeah. That was—I mean, I thought I don't think she'd go for Stella McCartney
2: because Stella obviously designed that beautiful dress that Meghan wore for her wedding reception when she stepped out and they got onto the into the James Bond esque car. So that's kind of been taken. So yeah, who knows? There's there's, there's lots of potential, but I guess you, you you know you don't you don't have as big a pick as you think. When you start <laughs> going through the list.
1: Oh, I'm excited. Excited already. Okay. Well. I um beatrice and edo enjoy making the plans for the wedding and we will enjoy sharing them with our listeners as and yes. when you share them with us or if we you know in the meantime we'll we'll make our predictions i mean we've already we've already decided who you should have for your wedding dress so you know next time we'll sh- pick your church if for she wants you, any so.
2: other advice you can just call in we're willing yeah. to
1: help well in fact so the the other thing um with so there's one question do we think Eugenie will be a bridesmaid for her she's obviously married so that would be unusual but it's not necessarily you know in in most you know for most people la- ladies our age if if our mate is is our friend and we want them to be our bridesmaid then we'll we'll have them as our bridesmaid anyway even if they're married or not and then the other thing that is interesting and you know Megan is a defo- divorcee and mixed race joining the royal family being kind of modern and different Beatrice is going to be a stepmom so yes, it's going to be yeah. a blended family, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a blended family, as that seems to be the term that people use, <laughs> and, and um, that, is, that is different.
0: Yeah, so Edo is a uh, dad to little Wolfie, um, who is, uh, he had with his previous girlfriend. Um, so yeah, that's a kind of a new, a new part for the royal family. Obviously Camilla is stepmom to Harry and William, but she came to the role when she was much older, And also had children of her own, which I think makes a huge difference. And Charles and Camilla haven't
1: had children together. Yes. Because their relationship obviously was, was, um, you know, at a very different point in their lives. Um, So anyway, it'll be very interesting to see see how their plans evolve. And, uh, you know, there's clearly much excitement and happiness around for them, which is how it should be when... People fall in love and yeah, want to get married to each other.
0: And I also think that we'll probably get George and Charlotte as little bridesmaids and page boys again. Oh. Which will be lovely.
1: How, How, old, will will How old will Louis be? Will he be toddling down the aisle? Oh, mm, that would probably be. still a bit too young. Eugenie could carry him instead. That'd be yeah. right. And some <laughs> little pantaloons. Okay. Well, whatever it is, it's sure to be a, a lot of fun. And we will very much look forward to talking about it. But we should move on to talk about the Royal Tour. Yes.
0: I can't believe it's over. Well,
1: it, there'll be another one. There'll be another yeah, one along in a minute. Well, in fact, there will be another one along in a minute. So, William, yes. you know, William <laughs> and Casey are off to Pakistan. So, um, you know, it was, it's been, you know, a, a fairly packed schedule. But they've had um, a lot of different um, official engagements to go to, some very particular themes that they've been dealing with, kind of um, women and girls and schooling and gender violence and the environment and um, things that we have already really come to associate with the Sussexes and I know last week you caught up with um, one of the charities that they'd been been to visit
0: I did yes so I spoke to Tim Bear, who is the founding director of Waves for Change who they went and saw on the beach right at the start of the tour and um, he was brilliant really interesting and it was really yeah really good to learn a bit more about what goes on kind of behind the scenes from the charity side of it because obviously we see all the official pictures and things like that but we don't see what goes into it but um yes it was really good but I will let him explain a bit more about what his charity does because he can obviously do it a lot better than I can (laughs) hello there right so I am joined by Tim Conibert who is the founding director of Waves for Change hi Tim how are you
3: I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Hey, thank you for joining us. Um, so we're chatting with you today because you obviously had a very, very exciting day, didn't you? Megan and <laughs> Harry came to visit.
3: They did. They came out to our Waves for Change uh, Kylie Safe Space. So it's, um, it's, like a, it's like a facility that we run in one of the big townships outside of Cape Town on the beach.
0: Oh, fantastic. So, so start off by just kind of telling us briefly what Waves for Change does, what you guys are all about.
3: Yes, so so we're a youth mental health organization um, and we work in countries where you've got uh, large populations of of young people exposed to lots of trauma and not necessarily the infrastructure to support their social and emotional needs. So what we're trying to do is make therapy a bit more child-friendly so we combine evidence-based therapy with sports, uh, in our case surfing. Uh, So the idea is, yeah, combining surfing with mind-body therapy we train local communities to run their own programs. So uh, the way that we deliver our programs is we'll find unemployed young people in various different communities on the coast of South Africa and actually now across Africa. We train them to deliver this program. They build referral networks within their own um, communities uh, and then they deliver yeah, what we call a surf therapy program to, to young people. So we work with about one and a half thousand children a week. Uh, we have 75 community mentors delivering our programs and we've been around for about 10 years.
0: Oh, wow, fantastic. So, tell us a little bit more about how this royal visit came about.
3: I'm not sure I have the answer to that. (laughs) We we found out that we'd been selected as one of the forces for change, I think, in the August, um, obviously because the royal couple, they have their forces for change. Yes movement on their Instagram handle. So we, we found out um, one morning in August that we have been selected. We all came into the office and our computers basically exploded with our Instagram handles <laughs> going crazy. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm really not too sure how we got recognised. We, we have some fantastic relationships. Um, me, obviously, uh, being from Oxford in the UK, we have a, a really nice relationship with the British Embassy and the British Commission here in South Africa. So I think we, we may have been signposted through them. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we literally found out um, we became and you know followed what they followed us on instagram and then about uh, a month later there were rumors that they might come and visit but it was all very secretive and hush-hush because obviously it's uh you know it's it's a big undertaking um yeah and then it was all confirmed and and then we yeah got got underway preparing to host them
0: oh wow so it must be so much work must go into kind of organizing this kind of visit is that right
3: um Yes and no. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's a huge amount of media attention that comes with it. Um, so that's, that, that does take quite a lot of time because there's a lot of people that want to know about um, who's coming and why they're coming and who we are, uh, which is fantastic. because It's a great platform to be able to talk about our work. Uh, obviously, there's security concerns. I mean, where we work, um, are always quite quite difficult communities, challenged communities. The, the beach where we work, Monrovia, BC, or where they came to visit, was um, was the most violent community in South Africa uh, in 2011, and it's you know, it's subsequently become a lot safer. Uh, so obviously, bringing a, a high-profile couple to a community like that does take a lot of preparation. So we were talking a lot with security. Um, we were planning the logistics of the day and the key things we wanted to get across. Obviously, they have a big, big focus and, and interest in mental health, and that's that's kind of what we wanted to do. So we were working out how can we get the messaging right. So it did take a fair amount of preparation, but it wasn't all-consuming. You know, there are very, I think it's been covered quite nicely in the press that they they do want to do it a little bit differently. Um, so the protocol obviously wasn't as. Um, as uh you know as 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 um what all-consuming as previously so they were no it yeah they've it, was, kind it was a really
0: of, lovely day yeah they've they've scrapped lots of the they're not doing all the kind of you know official titles and the curtsying and bows and stuff is, is that what you yeah. mean by that yeah that must have been quite yeah. a, a stress off the shoulders of you know like oh, making sure no, you don't it get really it right nice well.
3: it was really cool and to be honest we're all the same age you know most of the people that. Um, runways for change, we're all in our kind of mid 30s, and lots of the coaches I are mean, like in their late 20s. So it was, it was really cool. It was actually like hosting peers. Uh, the way they came, they were just like our peers, to be honest, when they arrived. They were very, uh, very engaged, very talkative, very accessible. No, it was really cool. So um, it, it did feel, we were quite nervous before they arrived.
0: I can imagine. It's,
3: it's a high profile couple, but as, as soon as they stepped out of the car, and it was all smiles and, and very, very friendly. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, it wasn't too formal. It was brilliant. It was really good fun.
0: Oh, fantastic! And did you get the chance to have a kind of a chat with them at all?
3: Yeah, we had a good chat. I mean, they were with us for an hour and a half. Um, we uh, we had like a five or ten minute conversation just around the founding of Waste of Change. Um, so they joined myself and piece Checha, who's, who's the co-founder. Uh, then yeah, they they spent a good forty five minutes talking with our coaches, going around the safe one of the safe space facilities that we we have um they spent another 40 minutes with our coaches actually going through what we call the power hand it's a breathing activity that helps you focus on your strengths and uh, moderate your stress load so they, they actually practice the lesson they explore you know what the coaches do why they teach it what are the, some of the you know success stories they've had no they were very engaged it, it was brilliant actually we had lots and lots of engagement with them it was, it was cool
0: oh fantastic and are there, were there any parts they seemed particularly interested in or a bit of everything
3: i think so i mean the 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 activity that we taught them, which is called the power hand, and it's been cool, actually, because a lot of the, the press has, has focused specifically on that activity. It's a breathing activity. Uh, it helps you control your breathing. So when you're feeling anxious or upset, then you can just calm yourself down and it helps you focus on your strengths as well. It's, it's a, a huge focus is uh, recognizing the positive parts of, of um, who you feel that you are. So they did that um, exercise with our coaches. We actually gave them the lesson plan to take away with them and to take with them on their tour. So I hope oh, as they travel fantastic. around the world, they might actually do that with some of the other young people they encounter.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Uh, and, what a good idea. And then,
3: yeah, it was it was good. And they enjoyed it. Um, they, they asked a lot of questions. Um, and I think they're obviously very keen to promote the idea of mental health. The fact that, yes, all the communities that they go to around the world, and, and all of us are. You know, we face different challenges but intrinsically we're all the same our bodies function the same way and when when something unpleasant happens we all respond in fairly similar uh ways you know so activities like the power hand they do work um across all demographics and, and cultures um so yeah it was i think they're quite engaged by that hopefully they do take it on and they and they practice it i definitely say if you're listening to the podcast go on to our Go on to our social media handle, our Instagram handle. There's an example of the power hand that you can share with your friends. Um, yeah, I think for me, that was the highlight was, uh, was seeing them engage with that.
0: Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually, what the highlight of the day was. But you've answered that one. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more about how the organization was set up.
3: Yeah, so it was... Um, we're a nonprofit organization based in South Africa. We work, uh, nowadays we work across South Africa and globally. We have a, a global program that helps other organizations um, you know, run surf therapy programs. Uh, how we were set up, uh, essentially by accident. So I, I moved across <laughs> to Cape Town from uh, Oxford in 2007. And I actually came across to Cape Town because I wanted to, to get into winemaking. Um, one of the first things you, that you, know, you will see when you come to South Africa uh, as a tourist is that the country is still uh, very divided, and certain communities and, and cultures have access to facilities that others don't. So one of the things I wanted to do when I came was was to take kids surfing. You know, when, you, when I was at the beach, I'd noticed that there weren't many um, children of colour in the water. So I said, well, you know, I can I can do something. So I, I started a small surf club. we used to go into the um, a town called Masipumulele on the weekends, pick kids up, we'd go surfing, uh, and then. Um, Yeah, a few things happened. A friend of mine did a PhD on the program and wanted to explore why was it that these kids would wait on the side of the road for me for hours on end just to come surfing. And we found that they were just looking for someone to talk to, an opportunity to be heard and to be listened to and to connect with people that care about them uh, because they were going through an enormous amount of trauma. So we we actually mapped the amount of trauma that young people here were exposed to. We found us anything between about eight and fifteen events annually, whereas in the UK it's about four in a lifetime. So these these kids are going through the same amount of trauma, you know, that we would experience in a lifetime, just in in the space of a few months. Uh, and and what that's doing is it's changing the way that their brains develop uh, and the way that they express themselves. And in surfing and at the beach, they found an opportunity to have a conversation with someone. They felt that they connect with people, uh, become part of a community that cared about them, in a sense they could belong somewhere. Uh, and that was really helping. It was it was very, very basic therapy for them. Uh, and the surfing component boosted their confidence. It made them feel amazing. So we thought, you know, how do we take this research and operationalize it? How do we turn it into an organization? So um, we, we were very lucky. We got some support from Vimto, which is, you know, the, the UK soft drink Vimto. They got behind us. An organization called the Laurier Sport for Good Foundation got behind us. Um, and a host of others and we developed what is now a one-year surf therapy course that we run all across the coast of South Africa, um, Liberia, Somalia, Ghana with partners. Uh, children get referred into this course. It's run by local mentors that we, we train and we employ and the government of South Africa actually helps us employ these mentors because there's a huge uh, youth unemployment um, challenge here. Yeah and, and that's Basically, what's happened is we've slowly started connecting more communities on the coast of South Africa to the beach. We do that by training the the mentors in the community to run the program. The program is now like an an evidence-based one-year course. Um, And it's all based around helping young people connect with caring adults, um, master behaviors and activities that they can use to cope with stress uh, and then connecting them to new opportunities once they've completed their course a lot of these kids go on to be you know life and nippers and um, and various other things so it's oh, fantastic um, it's been, yeah it's been really really good uh, yeah it's been it's been fascinating to be honest it's um, it's not what i thought i'd be doing but um, <laughs> yeah quite uh, different yeah. to
0: wine but still you <laughs> know, obviously yeah. much much better i think um so obviously having megan and harry come along and be there is i'm i'm assuming that's kind of priceless publicity really for you guys it must you know in terms of pushing you guys really into the spotlight how's how's that been i imagine social media is a bit um, crazy again (laughs) Yeah, the, so our,
3: our social media has gone nuts. Um, our Instagram has just kind of exploded. Uh, and that, that's been really cool because we've actually put the power hand activity on our Instagram. So now people are starting to share that around the world. So, you know, these little things that we've tried and tested in South Africa, is amazing. They're now being shared, which is great because that, that's essentially what we want to do. Like we want to connect more people to Know, the power of some really simple activities to help them feel good. So, you know, that's been great. We've seen a big engagement with um, with our social media, but also the content, you know, the things that we teach, what we taught the royal couple, other people are now starting to share with their friends. Uh, we've had quite a few people now donate, which is great. So um, people becoming mo- monthly supporters, So you know, for us to provide the service, you know, we're working with uh, communities who live on the poverty line. So this isn't a service that they can afford to pay for. So we do raise money so we can offer the service for free. Uh, we've got quite a few people becoming monthly donors and sponsoring, you know, a kid to come to a surf therapy course for a year. So that's been really encouraging. And if, if people are listening to this and want to donate again, just go on our Instagram handle and the donation buttons there. Um, and Yeah. And then opportunity like this just to show our work. It's been it's been really cool. Um, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Perfect. Um, so if what is your Instagram handle again, just in case anyone wants to find out some more about what you guys do?
3: Uh, just at waves for change so if you go onto instagram facebook the internet and just type in waves for change will come up um yeah instagram facebook our website is is, is very active and it's got lots of information on it as well but the yeah the, the best place to go is always our instagram feed
0: fantastic brilliant and we will pop a link to that in the notes in case anyone wants to have a look well tim thank you very cool. much for joining us i understand it's been a very busy few days for you uh, but we really
1: appreciate having you having you on <laughs> Great, thanks very much for um, catching up uh, with, with, the, with the news from South Africa, that was great and I, um, I caught up with the other side of things and I caught up with Russell yesterday um, who filled us in on what has been happening since. Hello Russell, down in Johannesburg, we're talking over the internet again, hopefully the line will be a little bit kinder to us than it was last week but how, how are you, how have you been? What's been going on? I'm not.
4: I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Uh, we've just finished. We've finished the tour. We are done. It's been, oh gosh, two weeks or well, two weeks since we left. I know we had a delay, and then ten days of actual tour. But it's felt like you know, God, ten weeks at times. There's been a lot of engagements. There's been a lot of things to talk about. There's been some great moments. Obviously, the like controversy, which we thought we were going to get away with until last night which we'll get onto a bit later but it has been jam-packed as these tours always are we've seen some spectacular places the welcomes we've had have been amazing and I think overall it's been a very very successful tour for Harry and Meghan there's been a lot of talking points so it's just a matter of where do you want to start I mean there's so much to talk about
1: there absolutely is. We're not going to talk about Cape Town because we did that last week. So if mm. if this is your first time listening to Pod Save the Queen, then listen to last week's episode first, and then come and come and catch up with us. Um, because last time um, when we spoke, uh, Harry was heading off on his travels on his own. Megan was staying behind with with Archie, um, and you were you were following him on part of his travels as well. So I mean, I guess tell, let's talk about Angola because that was obviously um, um, yeah we were expecting it to be a big um sort of a big a really big photo moment and quite emotional as well i mean i think more than the um more than the pictures of harry in the in the kind of land mine dealing with kit which we had because he has worn that kit before albeit in a different country it was the picture of him um sitting by the tree that was planted for his mum that i actually found quite poignant
4: yeah, I think th- there is a distinction to be made about those two pictures because I think he they were taken in 2013, which doesn't really seem that long ago, but he's 35 now and so he was 29 when that ticket was taken, but he the, the difference in his physical appearance. He looked like a boy then and he looks like, you know, a fully fledged well he is a fully fledged man now and I think that's it, 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 the sort of optics on that are quite different. Um That was definitely, I mean, it lived up to expectation. It was going to be my highlight even before we'd gone on the trip when I knew he was doing that, and it didn't disappoint. It was very, very poignant. Um, I was the the pool reporter, so I was up close and personal with Harry. We actually got to, um, you know, sit in on an interview with it when he was speaking to the BBC as part of the pool system, and he spoke about how emotional, you know, he used that exact language, how emotional it was to be back at the place where 22 years before his mother had walked down this, um, this area that was a minefield at the time to bring attention to the scourge of landmines in Angola. And this place that she'd walked down, the very same spot, is now a tarmac road with a school and a college and apartments. But there was a tree that was in some of the, those iconic pictures that we've spoken about uh, in 1997, yeah, it's still there today, and it's got this sort of little walkway with a couple of benches either side. And it was kind of a bizarre uh, moment, really, because sort of Harry was being shown around by one of the Halo representatives, the landmine charity, and then he walked up the road solo and then went and had this sort of mini moment on his own. But you can imagine sort of the pressure that he was feeling almost that to, to be back at that place of these pictures that he's seen where his mother was there. And then to have this sort of solitary, solemn moment with the world's press sort of looking at you, I just sort of felt for him, really. And, you know, I mean, I don't think necessarily he deals with that too well sometimes. And I can imagine that's quite a pressurised environment. And maybe you know, I would assume that he would have much rather the press not be there. But then you have the flip side of, well... We, you know, we are there to bring attention to these causes that he is taking on to fulfil his mother's legacy, walking in her footsteps. So it's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes. But then he spoke very eloquently, um, and he's made some great speeches along the way of this this tour, as has Megan, which we'll come on to. But certainly that moment was my highlight. I think there's, you know, the the undeniable. Um, you know, to to capture those two images are are truly historic, and it and it and it was um you know it was quite um quite a, a sight to witness really. I I wasn't in Dirico when he put all the um protective gear and detonated a landmine himself. I was actually in hawambo where where that street is, where where Princess Diana was so um i mean that, that the angola part of the trip was, was, was fantastic actually we had a we had a fantastic welcome he went and opened um an orthopedic hospital that he they've named after his late mother um you know there's a lot of it's a, it's an incredibly poor country but when he came to town it was like a, a, a rock star's welcome a lot of the places we went to but um yeah it was a it was a big privilege to have been able to witness it to be honest
1: and did you get a real sense from um the you know the people at Halo Trust or the other people working on the on the project that actually they really felt that Harry's presence did make a difference and that it 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 does have that impact that that they're hoping for to, to turn the eyes of the world back on what they're trying to achieve.
4: Yes, certainly. I mean, you know, the Halo Trust and MAG, it's um, another one of the big charities working across the world. Uh, I spoke to a lot of their representatives in the country and they, you know, they, they, they really couldn't put into words how much this did mean. I mean, the attention back in 1997 when uh, Diana put it on the map and now you've got Harry taking up the mantle. I mean, you can't underestimate how much this will do to raise the profile, to actually get funding in. I mean, because it's all self-funded these charities, and to actually put pressure on the governments to try and rid the world of landmines. I think there's a excess of 100 million pounds a year that they need to raise in order to keep up with the the work that needs to be done. So it's all about you know um, putting pressure on on the governments to to actually give that money. Um, to, to, to try and carry on with the work that they're doing. Uh, I, I mean, I, I did definitely get a sense that the the people loved having him there. He's certainly very, very passionate about the, the work that his mother was doing. I mean, it was very poignant when he was saying that if she were alive today, he's no doubt that she would have succeeded in in finishing the job and and but the you know the job isn't finished it's far from finished uh, certainly Halo or in, in something like 34 countries I think Mag working in around, around the sort of same number so there's definitely a lot more, more work to be done you know he's a young man and I'm sure that, that he's going to be taking on this as one of the thought, sort of themes that we've explored on this tour not only sort of conservation the environment. Um, Megan, you know, speaking about gender rights, education, but also this this landmines issue is very, very intertwined because not only is it sort of conservation and um, the environment, because if you've got landmines in certain areas, you can't build uh, schools, you can't even have any sort of notion of, uh, of an environment where people can live or even look after the sort of conservation side of things, because it's just a field full of mines, and that's not only dangerous for people, but it's also... Um, the African landscape that is being actually damaged by these uh, these areas not being used. So they, they are intertwined, which I found quite fascinating. And it
1: also, to a certain extent, almost ties back with... Uh, so I was just thinking about, you know, Harry is the kind of guy, we've seen it with Centre Bali and we've seen it with Invictus as well, that if he gets stuck into an issue, he will pick it up and he will run with it and he will care about it and keep working at it and working at it. And, at, you know, the, the landmines, to a certain extent, a lot of there are there is, there is some crossover in some way with the invictus games and and dealing with you know giving a good life to the people who have had you know amputations and uh, and lost mm. limbs and that kind of thing along the way um so I mean Megan was obviously she was in Cape Town for a bit longer and then and then flew onto to Johannesburg where we got to see little Archie being carried through the airport again looking all cute but um so she had you know she had she was keeping herself. Is he sort of reasonably under the radar with kind of private engagements, wasn't it? So she went to and um, tied a ribbon at the at the site where a, a teenager had been murdered, and um, had a breakfast with various um, women campaigners, including kind of high profile anti-apartheid um, campaigners. So, what, how was how did she, uh, how did you feel like her time was um, spent when she was away from Harry?
4: I mean, it's, you know, she 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 is an absolute superstar. I, I've just I've just come from the closing um, or the penultimate uh, uh, engagement of the tour, and it was uh, at the British High Commissioner's residence, and it was one of the, um, hers and Harry's major closing speeches where she gave this huge speech about the sort of themes on the tour and about how she'd um you know she obviously wants to speak up a lot about gender rights women's access to education she spoke about her own personal experiences and i think really it's it's been um a huge success for her i mean i kind of the, the deal was and i don't know it's quite interesting to you know, whether people are interested in this, but but obviously how it works and how the press are invited to engagements and we are allowed to potentially sometimes sit in in the meetings or at least part of them. We're allowed to shadow Harry and Meghan and speak to the people that they've spoken to so to really get a flavour of you know the work that they're doing, the, in, the, the things that they're interested in, what they're actually speaking, how, how well read they are on the um, individual subjects. Now, this tour was quite different because... We had previously been told that whilst, you know, Harry was doing uh, this sort of multi-country approach, this sort of um, seven days that he'd been, or six days that he'd been away from Megan, he, I mean, it was all very, very focused on him, but the Botswana, the Angola, the Malawi side of things, all the big um, themes that he was talking about, conservation, environment. And I really think that the the way it was structured was to have Megan kind of under the radar whilst he was doing the other countries because she was doing private events that would then we would then be told of later on in the evening to then get into the the papers or online later on in the evening or a couple of them just appeared on their Instagram page and then we would have the sort of same embargo time to release that information so I really do think that the way it was structured was to let Harry shine. This was a major, major deal. He was, you know, not only returning to um, an area, a continent that he's spoken of very, very fondly of being his second home. He didn't want he didn't want anything affecting the issues that he was very, very passionate about. Obviously, ha- uh, Meghan had spoken very eloquently right at the start of the tour about uh, female violence and the issues that are huge here in South Africa. And then when Harry went off it was really about him you know being able to express himself in a way to allow those themes to really come to the fore so you've got like conservation the environment the thing that he did with National Geographic obviously the the hugely significant part of him going to Angola um, with the landmines. so you know nothing was left to chance because you know because Megan's such a superstar if she went and did something that we all the press were invited to. I think there was a danger of it being overshadow, overshadowing Harry's themes on that particular day. So there was a reason why it's been managed like that. I don't think that will happen normally, um, you know, in other parts. It certainly didn't happen in Australia. They did a lot of engagements together, but it was just the way that this tour was tailored because of obviously they had Archie mm. and he was too young, as we'd mentioned last week, to, to fly on the plane. So, I, I, you know, speaking to some of the correspondents that I've been with for the past couple of weeks... Who have done dozens of tours, some for the, you know ten, twenty, thirty years? They did feel that you know so at times it was a little bit disjointed because you had this uh, multi-country approach to the tour. Like everyone was kind of split up. Some people went on a charter plane with Harry. Some people stayed in Johannesburg to and well, Cape Town and Johannesburg to watch, stay with Megan, see what she would get up to. And you know, obviously, as myself. And uh, and Ian Vogler, a good friend of the podcast, we sort of hedged our bets to say, well, what were the most interesting things? And I think I think we got it about right, to be honest, because we did the major deal in Cape Town, and and then obviously Angola was a was a huge huge moment in this tour, and and probably I would say you know just pipped it for me um, alongside megan speaking about you know female violence and, and gender-based violence as well because that's not only a massive issue here i think those comments have reverberated around the world and we may see her tackling these issues i mean would not be great if we saw her come back to the uk and take on the mantle of domestic violence in the uk i think i think that would be really really powerful to move it on so you know let's watch this space and see what she she gets up to
1: um, and they they did always um, seem really happy when they were reunited, even when it was just via Skype in uh, in Malawi. So you know that was quite a nice moment. And then at today's events, seeing the pictures, as kind of you know they were all still holding hands and hanging out. And it's all, and um, Megan had said earlier that she you know she'd been missing Harry and um, the, the, yeah, the,
4: the, I, that was a quite a sweet moment actually. Not so you got the Skype that she would skyped into to the girls' college um, in Malawi. There was obviously um, the instance of when she was interviewed by the British Pool uh, yesterday, and she, you know, she said, "Oh, I'm really missing him." And I thought that was quite, it was quite cutesy. Really, I don't think you'd you'd get any other royal saying that. But you know, you're Meghan going mushy in your royal. old
1: age, Russell.
4: I know. Well, I think, well, let's let's flip it on its head because I was about to say. I think they had put on a brave face of things because potentially they knew the bombshell that they were about to drop and the big elephant in the room over the last 24 hours has been this unprecedented statement that was put out last night on Tuesday evening that um, that emerged that, that Harry and Meghan are suing a British newspaper uh, over the publication of a private letter that meghan had written to her father thomas markle so i imagine most people listening to this podcast will be aware of those contents and aware of the situation between thomas and meghan um, and you know the fallout of their relationship the cataclysmic uh, actions that thomas had done when he sold pictures to a paparazzi their sort of toing and froing of you know not speaking thomas doing interviews with british newspapers and british broadcasters begging to see his daughter but then sort of um you know not being too kind to her in the in the way that he was going about it. So last night it emerged that on a specially created website sussexofficial.uk i think it is uh they released this powerful statement as i say unprecedented again speaking to correspondents who have done this job an awful lot longer than i have were simply flabbergasted at the nature of it and you know the strength of the the rhetoric that was used about how uh you know brought his mother into it which is particularly powerful that he'd seen uh powerful forces at work that you know it led to the the potential death of his mother that he was seeing the same thing happening to his wife he's often you know we, we know about the 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 original statement he put out when they started dating um
1: because, I mean, about, that was pretty wanting strong. To protect
4: her. I mean, that was, you know, I, d- I didn't think that that would be um, surpassed. But this, this is something else. It really is. So um, I think, you know, he's, they're trying to put people on notice. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with some of the, the language of, of it. It's certainly talking about the way the double standards of the press. They're, they've talked about a specific press pack. Um, you know, and, and and we've got to work with that. I think that the tour has been a great success. There's it's un the, the undeniable fact is that they have not had a great time of it of late. They've been accused of huge uh, massive hypocrisy, flying um four private jets in eleven days, a total of six in you know a couple of months. Um and then speaking about green issues, climate change, that sort of thing. However, you know, the, 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 the tide of public opinion had shifted from the, you know, the, the big welcoming that they'd had after, well, pre and post wedding. Then, when they get accused of all this, it was the the, the, the sort of wheels are just falling off a little bit. Then they come here on tour. Everyone sees them. Certainly, Harry and he's in his natural habitat, a place he loves, a place he feels very comfortable in. Meghan talking, yeah, she's so polished. I mean, I cannot underestimate, uh, you can't underestimate how good she is, and you see her up close, and you see her deliver a speech. And yes, she is a former actress. I don't think it's acting. I think she's very, very in tune with the issues she's speaking about. She's very, very bright. She's superbly eloquent. um, And she's a very, very impressive individual. Um, But then, when they drop this bombshell, the, the sort of atmosphere has changed, and I think that's, that's something that we will watch with interest about how they approach their, um, you know, how they how they deal with the press when we, when we get home, because obviously we need to cover their engagements week in, week out, and whether that's from, you know, Hounslow to Hull or wherever it is, they're not going to be in this, um, you know, the big sort of very, very interesting environment sometimes uh you know whether it's on the backdrops of table mountain or you know flying into malawi on a small plane you know we, we do need to cover the day-to-day uh, engagement so i i think it's going to be a very very interesting few months because i think they are trying to lay a marker down on how um on how they deal with the press and 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 who knows where it will end up for them
1: so how was the atmosphere today um because obviously it's the last day of the tour probably everyone everyone's excited the royals their staff and the and the journalists that it's a good tour that's been completed you're going to go home everyone's going to see their families do the washing get everything sorted out and but uh, there's this Sort of tension between the yeah no, it was an
4: elephant in the room. Um, You know, as I've spoken to palace sources today, uh, the reason why it was published, um, you know, the 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 line coming from the palace is really saying that they had no choice but to publish it, be due to legal um, reasons, and that was that the the papers had to be filed at a certain time. And unfortunately, it fell on the sort of eve of the last day. Now, it just seemed to be a very, very strange time to publish this this statement to to put the to put the writ in to, to to open up the legal proceedings. Some people have said it was quite disrespectful because of you know, you're, you're, they met Gresham Michelle, um, Nelson Mandela's widow today. They were obviously meeting um, the president later, which is actually ongoing right now. So it, it definitely has, you know, there's no, there's no um, sugarcoating it. It definitely has left a cloud over the last day. You know, we shouldn't necessarily be talking about this. Um, we should be talking about how successful the tour was. I can imagine, you know, the big feature writers, the opinion writers, had scrapped their, I think Piers Morgan said it today actually on Good Morning Britain that he had been preparing to write a feature about how he thought they'd had a magnificent tour and really you know, tried to move the, the, or shift the public's opinion um, of them that they've had to, you know, relatively bad press in recent months. And yet this huge bombshell comes and it's all anyone is talking about and then it really becomes them on the offensive and has really changed the, the tact. And the rhetoric of, of of the um of the tour, which I think is very, very unfortunate. And I don't know whether that is um particularly the reason it's certainly the reason that was given to me that they had actually no option, but to do it now. But, um, listen, overall, if this hadn't happened, we I I think we'd be sitting down and talking about how successful it was. I mean, again, hugely impressed with Megan. She's just phenomenal. When you see her up close, the way she speaks to people, the way she listens, uh, she's very attentive. She's well read. Um, I think she settles Harry very much. she's, he kind of looked to he kind of looked nervous today in certain situations he was quite fidgety um, when they were giving these speeches at the British high Commissioner's residence uh, but then she just stood up and spoke for maybe ten twelve minutes maybe longer to give a, a, a an incredible speech about the time that they've had here one of the, the the things that she said which really stood out she was saying you know if you're a young Kids and you're listening to this and you think you're marginalizing society well let me tell you um then I was as well I remember being a young child and I remember looking around me and worrying about the state of the world but let me tell you that if you're strong and you want to do it you can change the world and you know these this is straight out of Hollywood sometimes and I just think you know there's the people's listening to this but you know I was nudging a couple of colleagues and saying Christ you know this is this is phenomenal like she is just so good on the world stage. And if they stick to that and they don't get involved in the, you know, being necessarily open themselves up to this hypocrisy level when they're preaching about climate change and still flying on private jets. I think that's why it was so good because they went back to basics. It wasn't about Megan's fashion. She wore very, very, um, you know, cheap ish dresses she didn't wear flashy jewelry she wore things from local labels we she are still going to do a fashion special really on it next week core so. ideas we,
1: we,
4: well yeah. i mean you know it but that was it was really key to it because i think you know i'll leave it to you you guys to discuss but by wearing a 69 pound dress for the opening of the tour it wasn't like when they went to Fiji and Tonga and she's wearing like the you know the queen jewels or yeah. you know hugely expensive Diana earrings. So I think that was a really important dynamic of the tour. And they, she'd obviously done her homework. And I know because I was told by one of the palace staff that it that was a major focus for her like really boil it down to the core issues at heart. And again, that fits in with her not wanting to do too many public engagements to take the to take the the shine off of what harry was doing when he's out in the outback and talking about um conservation and environment and climate change mentioning greta and and what have you so when it's when it's you know when you've got that essence i think that just that's what they should be concentrating on but again they just need to find this balance of whether they want to be full-time royals or celebrities or where is that balance and how are they going to manage it? And I don't think they have found the right way to do it as yet. However, they're still in the the infancy, you know, the embryonic stage of their royal life. And maybe sometimes they get a bit of a hard time. But again, maybe they try and do a bit too much before they can, you know, run. And 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 that comes down to taking advice. They've obviously got a new team around them. They're forming this Sussex Royal Foundation, which is going to be a major player. Um but again, that might cause problems if they try and try and do too much in America, whilst taking on this Commonwealth role, whilst actually having a duty to the British taxpayer. So the you know, they're two young people who've got an awful lot on their plate and so and, and, and a small I baby think, to bring up as well. And a small baby, you know, and, <laughs> and, lots and going that's something on. that Megan said. Megan said, you know, being a working mum, it's been it's been particularly hard. So Let's see what happens. I think they may have a sort of quiet, you know, quiet end to the year, and then next year they're going to have a massive year because they'll obviously do a big spring tour. And then answers on a postcard where you think that will be because that's obviously you know the, the possibilities are endless.
1: Oh, yes. Where where does Russell want to go on his trip? Anyway, we'd, be- <laughs> we'd better let you go um, pack your bags and head home. Please please send us a selfie of you and our friend Ian from either your last dinner. He's just or- left
4: me. Oh, He's just what left diverted. me. And we didn't even get a tour selfie. Rubbish. He's just left me and I'm leaving, I'm leaving tomorrow. But oh, well. I'll, um, I'll get him to send me a picture of him Send us plane. a picture.
1: Yeah. And we'll see you very soon. Have a safe flight back, Russell. Take okay, care. we'll take see care. you soon. so tour is over yep ended in a slightly unexpected fashion really with the um with harry's statement but what you know you've been you've been covering it throughout the whole sort of 10 days of the of the event what's been your um what will be your kind of big takeaway um moments from it
0: I still I know I said this last week and I said it would take some topping and I don't think it quite did, but still the moment with Archie. I absolutely love those new videos of him. Um but the some of the speeches that Harry and Meghan made um on the last day I thought were extremely powerful, especially when Harry was talking about kind of his love for Africa and saying that when he first went there after um Princess Dan- Diana died, that he it he think the exact quote was that Africa held him in Im- in an Im- can't speak. That Africa held him in an embrace, um, which I just thought was ex- extremely powerful and extremely moving.
1: That's a really lovely way of putting mm. it, isn't it? Um, Amber, fashion aside, any moments? No, no you're not allowed to say the fashion. And I'm not allowed to go into any detail. No fashion. Are there any kind of moments or pictures that you think will kind of stand the test of time and will be looking back on and, and thinking about I,
2: I kind of I'm with you Zoe Archie stole the show for me all I yeah. could think of was him in that adorable little stripy H&M dungaree yep. suit <laughs> I never thought I'd say those words I was more excited about a child's romper suit than, <laughs> than fashion but we're going to talk about this at length later it was a very different tour from a fashion aspect deliberately um, and for all the right reasons so I love the fact that Again, they're going to kind of embrace sustainability. We've seen dresses that have been worn for this. She's wearing outfits for the second time. She's choosing labels that, you know, have a sustainable aspect to them. So we're going to talk about all that later. But I think in terms of tour, it wasn't about the fashion this. I think it was about the words, the speeches, the lovely thing that you've just said, Harry's words. It was all about the emotion behind it, really.
1: Great. Okay. So tour done. Another tour to look forward to. So William and Kate have been out and about a little bit over the over the last week, um, naming not Boaty face, but naming the Sir David Attenborough um, Arctic research ship, it's which is not the same. I mean, it <laughs> <laughs> so anybody not familiar with the backstory, uh, it was somebody made the brave decision to hold an online poll for what this giant <laughs> boat should be called, <laughs> and uh, some comedian. Uh, suggested that a really good name for it would be Boaty McBoatface and obviously the internet decided that that would be the perfect name (laughs) Um, and uh, they kind of decided that actually no (laughs) we're a serious seafaring nation we can't call it that we'll call it the Sir David Attenborough who's obviously done so much um, particularly in the last couple of years become kind of more environmental activist and really switched people on um, to uh, the problem with plastics and climate change um, and become a bit more political in his... Older years because he is a he's a contemporary of the queen really in his um, in his age um but yes yeah, so the the ship is named after him, but it has a little exploring auto sub situation which is called Botimoer Boatface which I mean, it should probably be called Subby McSubface, but there go. Yeah, <laughs> you <know>. that's true. <laughs> um, so there's some, you know, there's some cute pictures of, uh, of Kate hanging out with the kids and, and inspecting it. And um, I must actually give a shout out for a friend of the podcast, Big Rich Innes, who um, came on to talk about uh, what it would be like for harry becoming a dad for the first for the first time um when we when we got to see it you know when archie arrived a few months ago so um yeah big R- he's big rich Innes on twitter he said ever noticed Bo boat McBoatface, Bo- 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 aka the sir david attenborough looks exactly like hulk hogan <laughs>
0: yeah I did see that What well, I saw his tweet and it completely threw me it's very I mean it's yeah. it is it
1: is perfect <laughs> once you've once you've seen it you can't unsee it and it's just the uh, it's just that and I mean Kate look, they look like they had a, a grand old time William and Kate like giggling away with um, Stevie Attenborough and uh, she looked quite delighted to be smacking the big button to really you know release yep. the champagne <laughs> um and also i mean it's it's classic that is one of the out, those outfits i see it's like nope i know that one new zealand yep. straight away <laughs> mcqueen mcqueen coat classic <laughs> brought it back and um she's worn it several you know several times which why wouldn't you yeah, it's gorgeous yeah, beautiful it's really nice although it does remind me i probably need to go get a new winter coat for this year but it's probably not going to be mcqueen i don't yeah. think i <laughs> will leave that to Kate. um so they're going to pakistan Coming up, and uh, they had a, an engagement ye- yesterday. God, all the days are blurring into yes, one. Yes, yesterday. I think it was yesterday, meeting the Aga Khan, and I love this outfit. Kate went for her diplomatic fashion. She's wearing green. Yes. Color of Pakistan, and... Um, Look. teal and teal <laughs> if you don't mind all right just call just call me russell <laughs> We've
2: had this before russell was here it's he got, would
1: agree it's teal because well, he t- knows what it is now it's got t- it had two shades in it, it okay, kind it of had I'll like a, a, a like a deeper i feel like it had a more greenish um okay. it was very beautiful it was like the k- kind of deep colors of the sea or something can we get away with that a silk georgette maxi dress that's why that's what hangs so beautifully um, and some very, very swish and lovely um, earrings by a Pakistani designer called Zine. Um, so, yeah, so what did you make of Kate's outfit? I've heard this. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought she looked absolutely amazing. Obviously,
2: slightly longer than the midi style she's been wearing. Um, it was all about the fabric for me. That dress and anything else wouldn't have looked so beautiful, but it hangs so effortlessly. And she's obviously so slim and elegant. That belted style looks absolutely amazing on her. They did look like they had a really good day, didn't they? All the photos, they're yeah, really lovely. smiling, lots of laughter. It looked like a lot of fun all round.
1: And um, I, have, I have a theory. So the, the dress is by A. Ross Girl which we haven't... I've never heard of them. A. Ross Ex X if you don't mind. So it's a label that was... I I mean, Google told me yesterday Mm. when I was like, okay, so who are these people? So it's um, a former Harper's Bazaar editor, Amanda Ross. There you go. And then I was like, has anybody worn this before? Has Kate worn this before? Um, And I had a little look, couldn't see. But um, the Countess of Wessex has worn... Uh, yeah. dress by the label before, earlier this year, back in March, visiting New York and the UN. Um, replicate royalty spotted. Um, and so I wonder whether this is another sign of Sophie Wessex being a little bit of a fashion trendsetter yeah. in the royal family. Yeah, she
2: seems to be quite influential, doesn't she? She's got
1: her finger on the pulse. Well, she wore a jumpsuit to Ascot. Megan yeah. wore a jumpsuit last week. Yeah, um, We think that Princess Beatrice might have borrowed... One of her dresses for Trooping the Colour. Yeah, that seems to be kind of widely accepted now. You you put that story out there. Well, to be fair, it wasn't mine in the first place. I think I I, I think it might have been Hello magazine <laughs> possibly who had spotted it before I did, and I spotted it on that. But um, but yeah. So I think that's I think maybe Sophie Wessex is a is a power fashion player she is under incredibly the radar. Stylish though. Is. If you look at any amazing.
2: royal event, she always has got it. Everything from the shoes to the hat. Everything she
1: gets right. So I know Maybe we, we
2: need to do a special on her. I yeah. Well, I, was thinking, <laughs> I feel
1: I feel it coming on. I know we, you know we mainly talk about the Cambridges, the Sussexes, mm. and the Yorks a bit, and we, you know the Queen occasionally gets a mention. She does. Um, actually, more more than occasionally. And um, in fact, there's the interesting book coming out, quite soon, by Angela Kelly, her her yes. PA and and dresser.
0: Yes, I can't wait to read that. It sounds like it's going to be really interesting. It's it's the first time that the Queen's actually given approval for someone that she's so close with to to write something this personal and um, lots of people obviously done it with the part over the part in the past but not with you know the queen's with kind consent. of nod so yeah that would be really interesting actually i'm very yeah. excited for that. so i'm
1: sure we'll be talking about that in the in the weeks to come yes but right i think that's probably enough for today because there has been a lot to talk about um I don't know whether uh, I'm, I'm not taking a picture of Amber this week. I'm afraid <laughs> I'm jet lagged. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Next week it'll be better. But uh, but yeah, do follow us over on at Pod Save on Instagram, and we'll mm. we'll share some more fun snaps. Um, so fashion special next week and if there's anything else that you think we ought to feature alongside our Sophie Wessex special and other things <laughs> that that we have we have got planned coming very soon um then do drop us a line podsave the queen at trinitymira.com or just leave a comment on our instagram account because we do have a look at all of them to see what you guys are saying and um, thank you so much for spending your time with us again this week and until next time
4: Pod save the
1: queen